This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Take the Bible, if you would, this morning, please, and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 1. And then hold your place and turn to Luke chapter 1. And I know what you're thinking. This is just one more excuse to slip in another Christmas message. I assure you that is not my intention this morning. As a matter of fact, I think we do the, a great disservice to the Word of God and to several portions of Scripture when we isolate them as being for only a particular time of the year. When in truth, the truth of the Word of God that we find in all passages of Scripture are for all of life, and yea, they are for all of eternity, because the Word of God is settled in heaven. And so, may we not be guilty of ignoring certain passages of Scripture just because it's not the month of December. And there's a great truth that I'm asking the Lord to help us with this morning as we look here in Matthew chapter 1 and then also in the book of Luke. I hope that everyone had a great Christmas. I thank you so much, the church family, for your, all of your expressions of kindness over the, the holidays and all the cards and the candy and the cookies and all the, all the good stuff, right? And um, Mrs. Winstead, faithful servant of the Lord, peanut butter cookies every year, and uh, that's a blessing. Matthew chapter number 1, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 18. The Word of God says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, I'd like you to mark those four words in verse number 21. Call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Would you mark it again? Now hold your place here in Matthew, and turn with me to Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26. And the Word of God says, And in the sixth month, that is the sixth month of the expectancy of Elizabeth with John the Baptist, in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. 
And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt marketplace. Call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. When it comes to names in Scripture, names are very significant. It has been said that the most beautiful sound in all of the human language and all of human tongue is your own name. It's a significant thing. It's a special thing when somebody speaks your name, especially when it's spoken by somebody that you know and love. It is a significant thing when Heidi speaks my name. It's a special thing. But there is no name like the name of Jesus. Being spoken, being written, there is no name like it. Now, names are significant in the, in the Scripture. If you go all the way back to the very beginning, Adam called Eve Eve because she was the mother of all living. Jacob was named Jacob because he was a liar. He was a, a deceiver. Esau was named Esau because he was red. If you know anybody named Esau, you might want to think about that. But names were significant in Scripture. As a matter of fact, they were so significant that on a number of occasions, God actually changed people's names. Jacob was one of those people. He said, you are no longer a, a deceiver. You are no longer a supplanter. Now you are a prince with God, and I've changed your name to Israel. Names are significant. There is no name that is so significant, however, as the name Jesus. An angel appears to a young girl. By the way, Mary had hopes and dreams, just like every other Jewish girl did, of, of finding God's life's mate for her and settling down and having a family. No doubt, as a young woman, she thought about names that she would give to her children. Pastor has just told us about the expectancy of two more children. It's a wonderful thing. We praise the Lord for that. And names. What are you going to name your child? My children were fortunate enough that my wife picked their names. I had some great ones, Pastor. I had some great I was going to name them all Scott. But, <laughs> you know, was, I thought it was a great idea. She shot it down. And I remember when she came to me with Carter, and I thought, Carter? Carter? I don't know. I, what's Carter mean? And then she said, it means someone who pushes a cart. <laughs> and I said, it's a great name. Let's use it. <laughs> Evan was named after the great evangelist of the Welsh revival, Evan Roberts. Maybe that means something to you. Perhaps it does not. But somebody that Ev uh, Heidi and I had read after and were familiar with. And so Evan and then 
Parker came along and Grayson, and she picked all their names. And I'm going to tell you, at first, a name takes a little while to kind of grow on you, doesn't it? It takes a little while. You, you, you're kind of looking at that baby, and you're going, eh, are you a Carter? I don't But after, after just a very short while, the name given to the child becomes part of their very being, and you cannot even imagine that they would be anything else. I want you to know that in the heart of God, from the foundation of the world, there was a baby to be born. God Almighty said, I cannot think of a different name. There is no name we can give him except for the name Jesus. And the angel comes to Mary and he says, Mary, you're going to have a child. And God says, give him this name. Jesus. Jesus is a significant name. Jesus in the Old Testament is Joshua, in the New Testament is Joshua in the Old Testament, and it means very simply, Jehovah is salvation. When we speak the name of Jesus, we are saying that our God has provided salvation. There are so many things that we can say about the name of Jesus, mentioned 769 times in Scripture over and over and over again. We can speak of the name Emmanuel, God with us. We can speak of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful. So much there. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and on and on and on we could go with the names of our Lord. But there is just something about the name Jesus. And the angel comes to her and he says, when your child is born, this is what you call him. And there is something for us today. I say to you again, this is not just a Christmas story. This is the story of the Christian life. If you're marking things down, I'd give you, first of all, his name is salvation. Go with me back to Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 21. The angel says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Everything about Jesus, everything about him speaks to us of redemption, even his coming, the way he came, where he was born. The hills of Bethlehem were was where David would tend his sheep. And then the angels come and they announce to shepherds on those same hills the arrival of the one who would sit upon the throne of David. Shepherds are significant in Scripture. The Talmud tells us that shepherds were not even second class, but more like third or fourth class citizens. Shepherds did not have rights like every other citizen had rights even. They are the lowest of the low. They, they ranked somewhere above where publicans and sinners and harlots would rank on the social status. And yet these are the people that the angel comes to and announces the birth of the Messiah. The Talmud also tells us that on these hills in Bethlehem is where shepherds would keep the sheep for the Passover. See the significance there. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, and his birth is announced to shepherds 
keeping the sheep that would be used in the sacrifice of the Passover. Everything speaks to us of redemption when it comes to Jesus. Even the clothes that he's wrapped in, the famous swaddling clothes, these grave clothes, speaking to us of the truth that he was born not to live, he was born to die. And though he performed miracles, and though he taught lessons, and though he did many wonderful things while he was here, I want you to know that Jesus himself said in Luke's gospel that he was come to seek and to save that which was lost. He had but one purpose. And that purpose is found in his name. Jehovah is our salvation. The name of Jesus. These shepherds watching the, the sheep perhaps with great expectancy, they knew where he would arrive. They did not know when, but they knew where. Can you imagine in the minds of these shepherds knowing that the prophecy has been given, that here in this place, in Bethlehem, is the Messiah going to be born, and then the angels show up and they say, he's here. Fast forward to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 13, the word of God says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hold your place here in Matthew's gospel and turn, if you would, to 1 John and chapter number 5. You see, what we find is this, that there is no salvation outside of the name of this little baby. Outside of the name that the angel spoke to Mary, there is no salvation. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There have been a lot of names that have been significant in human history. You can name them off. Think of them to yourself. Think of all the significant names. Think of the names of the Caesars. Think of the names of world rulers. Think of the names of all of these men. But there is none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. May I ask you a question this morning? Have you called on the name of the Lord? I did not say, have you been religious in your life? I did not say, have you attended church in your life? I did not say, have you made some sort of a commitment to God? I'm asking you very simply, according to Scripture, have you ever called on the name of the Lord? Because without calling upon the name of the Lord, there is no salvation. But as many as received him, the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It is the name of Jesus. And I bring you to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. The word of God says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Salvation comes through one name. It is a significant name. It is a name spoken by an angel all those years ago to Mary. And can you think in your heart and in your mind, can you think of Mary as she delivers the Christ child and she looks into his eyes and she knows this is Jehovah's salvation. How did she know it? Through his name, Jesus. I give you secondly, not only 
is his name salvation. His name is strength. Go with me to Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 31. The angel is speaking to Mary and he says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Look at verse 32. He shall be great. I don't know about you, but to me that is one of the greatest understatements in all of human history. He shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. In his name is strength. Proverbs says this, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. I wonder how many times can we think in our lives of, of over and over and over again where we have, in a time of weakness, in a time of need, run into the name of our Lord. There is strength in his name. It is a powerful name. I want you to know that at the name of Jesus, Satan and the minions of hell tremble. They know there is power in that name. Acts chapter 3, very quickly, we find some great examples here in the book of Acts of the power of the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 3, verse number 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. This is a name of strength. This is a name of power. Now, we understand that the apostolic sign gifts are no longer a part of church history. That was a particular time and a particular period. And so we do not have healing as they had healing in the name of Jesus. But, but watch this. Don't miss this truth. Though we do not practice what they practiced, the name still has the same power. The power in the name of Jesus that raised even dead people, the power in the name of Jesus that healed the blind and the, and the sick and the halt and all these people, that name still has power. We utilize it in a different way, but the power is still there. Look over at Acts chapter 4 and verse number 7. They're being questioned about the, the, the events of the day. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, by the way, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. I say to you, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is strength in that name. 
What is your need today? I don't know what it is. What is your need today? Think of it. What is your great need? I submit to you that my great need and your great need are the same. All of us have the great need, and that is God himself. Everything else is ancillary. Everything else is secondary. We may say, my great need is this, or my great need is that. I say to you, your great need is God himself. And it can all be answered in the name of Jesus. The righteous runneth into that name and is safe. We find our strength in him. Acts chapter 3, go back to it. We find some clarification here, and it is a significant clarification. Look at Acts chapter 3 and verse number 16. Excuse me, back up to verse number 15. Peter is speaking. It says, And he killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, watch this, through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The name of Jesus is not some sort of magical incantation. The name of Jesus is not hocus-pocus or bippity-boppity-boop or something that we just simply speak and all of our problems go away. No, it is faith in his name. How many people speak the name of Jesus? Watch this. Watch this very carefully now. It is the name through which salvation comes. And they speak his name, but they've never once spoken it in faith. Oh, they talk about Jesus. They've never put their faith in Jesus. And I submit to you that Christian people, myself included, myself especially, can become tied down to this thing of speaking his name, but not speaking it in faith. And Peter says, you want to know what the difference was? Faith in his name. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe that this is Jehovah, our salvation? Do you believe that not just speaking his name, but faith in his name, understanding that his name has strength and it has power, it has everything that I need for the journey, and I can put my faith in him? You see, it is faith in the name of Jesus. Why is it that some people can just so flippantly speak his name all, as if it means nothing to them? Why can, why can his name roll off of the, the lips of people in a, in a cursing way? It is the name not coupled with faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith in Jesus. Faith in his name. You're in the book of Acts. Turn to Acts chapter 16 and verse number 18. Back up to verse number 16, gives us a little context there. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her master much gain by Sue saying, The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And she came out the same hour. The name of Jesus, coupled with faith, has power over Satan himself. And by the way, he recognizes it. He knows it. 
Acts chapter, or excuse me, John chapter 14 and verse number 3. We won't take them to turn there. The word of God says, And whatsoever ye shall ask, watch this, in my name, that will I do, that the Father may glorify the Son. Why is it significant that he says, in my name? It's very significant. Let me ask you something. How would you feel? Now, you, you perhaps don't know me really, really well. Perhaps you do. But I want you to imagine that, that you have a financial need. And so I come to you and I say, here is a check from my bank account. It has my name on it. I'm going to affix my signature to the check, and I'm going to write it out for $1 billion. What do you know to be true about that check? It is no good. <laughs> it is no good. It's a piece of paper. Am I right? There's no significance. The most valuable thing on that is my signature. In a few years, it'll be worth something, and you'll sell it. <laughs> Not really. It's, 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 it's useless. Now, I want you to imagine that Mark Zuckerberg meets you. And he finds out about your financial situation. And Mark Zuckerberg says, I will give to you a check with my name on it, and I will affix my signature to it. Now what do we know? My day just got better. That's what I know. <laughs> what is the significance? The significance is the name on the check. You see, the name on my check tells you something. The name on Mark Zuckerberg's check tells you something. And when we approach the very God of heaven, there is no name through which I have access but the name of Jesus. Amen. And when I speak his name in faith, I have access to heaven, and so do you. There is power. There is strength in his name. Let me ask you this morning, what, what is it that you need? Go to him. In your hour of temptation, speak his name in faith. In your hour of heartache, speak his name in faith. In your hour of need, in your hour of disappointment, in your hour of confusion, what are we supposed to do? We speak his name in faith, believing the name of Jesus. It is a name of strength. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 9. I cannot even tell you the truth of this. It escapes me. But I know the word of God says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Watch this. That at the name of Jesus... At the name of Jesus. Not at his present, not at his pronouncement, not at his, not at his, at his coronating, at his very name. I don't even know what that means, honestly. But what I can tell you is this, that is a powerful name. And so often when I read that passage of Scripture, I think to myself, every godless, undeni a God-denying person, every unbelieving person, one day... One day, they're going, to, they're going to bow at that name, and that is true. 
but so will I. Every knee, the Bible says, every knee will bow and we will bow to his name. It is a powerful name. May I say to you that I think we are a generation of the unbowed knee. Altars in our churches are not flooded. They're usually empty. One of three things must be true. Number one, the word of God is not being faithfully proclaimed. That is not true in this place. Number two, we've got it all figured out and we don't need, any, we don't need the Lord for anything and, and we've, we've reached a place of, of sinless perfection. Or number three, We've lost our reverence for his name. Because at his name, our knee will bow. That is the Bible truth. You say, well, I don't go to the altar much anymore because it's a private matter between me and God. And, you know, and I've got all these excuses. I want you to know that a generation before us was a generation of a bowed knee. And they were a powerful generation for God. There were generations before us who would walk the dusty trails, who would, who would come down in the, the revival messages of Billy Sunday and, and, and the, the pulpit around were packed with, with powerful preachers of days gone by. And something has changed. I submit to you, they held the name of Jesus in a position that we do not. At his name, we will bow. His name is salvation. His name is strength. And I give to you lastly, his name is separation. Go back to Luke's gospel, if you would, very quickly. Luke chapter number 2, verse number 34. The Bible says that Mary and Joseph, after eight days, bring the baby Jesus into the temple we pick it up in verse number 34. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And then he throws in this parenthetical statement. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. He says to Mary, he says, Mary, this child that you've, that you've delivered, this child that you've, that you've given birth to is set for the rise and the fall of many in Israel. Oh, he's a significant child. And Mary, let me just give you a little aside here. A sword is going to pierce through your own soul also. What is he speaking of? He is speaking of the whispers He's speaking of the, the talking behind her back. He's speaking of the reproach that she will carry the rest of her life as people say, yeah, virgin born, okay. Oh, sure, the Messiah, mm-hmm, yep. And Mary will carry that stigma with her all of her life. I want you to know that there is no name in human history that has brought more division 
than the name that an angel whispered to Mary. Call his name Jesus. Why is the name of Jesus such a, a, a separating name? I'll tell you very simply. It is because his name is one of two things to every person. Watch carefully. It is either an indictment or it is your identification. I ask you this morning, what is Jesus to you? Is he an indictment? Jehovah is salvation. Salvation from what? Salvation from your sinfulness. Is it an indictment against your sin? Is it an indictment against your sinful living? Or is Jesus our identification? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That is why his name is such a, a name of division. I find it interesting that in Matthew chapter 10 and Mark chapter 13, Jesus' words are repeated. He said this, And ye shall be hated of all men, watch this, for my name's sake. It's interesting, isn't it? You can talk about God. Now, anymore, that's, that's kind of a touchy subject, right? Well, people give you a pass, you talk about God. You talk about, you know, a higher power. All right, we'll, we'll give you a pass on that. But when we start mentioning the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, things get a little prickly, don't they? In recent days, I became aware of a, an interview given by a particular man on CNN. And in the original he spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they replayed that interview over and over and over again throughout the day, they actually edited out that particular portion. Why is that? It is because the world in which we live knows that there is no name like this name. And if he is not their identification, he is their indictment. It is a name of separation. Listen, that is something that you and I must not shun away from or shy away from. We must embrace it. In the end, I'm going to stand on one side or the other, and I know which side I will stand on. And look here, if I'm going to stand on that side in the end of it all, I must stand on that side in the here and now. I choose to take his name. Think of yourself as a first century Christian. Think of yourself being ridiculed. Oh, you Christ-like one. You're one that's just like Jesus. I wonder in a court of law if I could be convicted of being a Christian. Is there enough evidence? You see, his name is a name of separation. Take your word of God, please, and turn with me to John chapter number 10. I close with this simple thought. John chapter 10, verse number 1. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them. It's been said that Satan knows 
my name, but he calls me by my sin. And Jesus knows my sin, but he calls me by my name. I close with this thought. Though I know the name of Jesus, and I'm so grateful that I do, though I have placed my faith in that name, Jesus knows my name, and he calls me by it. Adam, where art thou? He called him by his name. Abraham, Abraham, lay not thy hand upon the son, your son, for now I know that you fear God. Elijah, where art thou? Martha, Martha. Lazarus, come forth. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift thee as wheat. She stood there in the garden. She thought that they had taken the body of Jesus and hidden it somewhere, and she saw a man that she supposed to be the gardener, and she says to him, Sir, tell me where you've taken his body that I may, that I may carry it away. And Jesus does one thing. He speaks her name, Mary. And she knows. It's him. Nobody ever speaks your name like Jesus speaks your name. And here's what I believe. I believe he's speaking your name this morning. I believe he is speaking your name, and he is speaking your name to get attention to his name. Because in his name, he's either calling you to salvation, he is calling you to strength, or he is calling you to separation. May I be honest with you? He is calling us to these things, not at Christmas time. He is calling us to these things every day of our life. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.